Let's, let's get ready. Let's pray. Stay standing. Let's ask God to prepare our hearts. God, I thank you that you can do that. You can prepare our hearts. You're the ultimate gardener. If there's anything in our hearts um, that's hard, and that's the soil, God, that you want to plant your word into our hearts. So if there's anything hard in our hearts, will you make it soft? God, you can take a heart of stone and make a heart of flesh. Will you do it right now so that your word can be planted deep in our hearts? We'd not only be hearers of your word, but we'd actually be doers of your word, and we'd see a harvest come into our life. God, we submit to you now. We want to do your will. We resist the devil. We thank you that he'll flee. Pray to protection around us and our children. Pray in that hedge protection that you'd minister to us, bring freedom, direction, and healing into our life. And anyone who's without hope, um, I pray that you would yeah, you would knock on the door of their hearts. You would draw them unto yourself so they can receive you as their Savior. In Jesus' name. Everyone believe it said? Amen. Awesome. You guys take your seats. So good to have you in the house as we um, are in our Easter season. This is Palm Sunday. And of course, next week, Friday is a good Friday. And then Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. And, and just a reminder that that this is your best opportunity. I know Barna, who, who go and do all the studies, put out a stat that 85% of people are more open on the Easter weekend to coming to church. And the only reason they say they don't go is because they didn't receive an invite. So I'd encourage you to be um, to be generous with your invitation. Of course, you can use this card. Uh, you can put give it with a gift, or you can just invite somebody to one of the services on Friday. There's three over here, um, normal times, Friday, 8.30, 10.00, Sunday, there's four services, 8.30, 10.00, 11.30, and 6.00 p.m. And you can invite somebody. If you've got friends who live in the Atlantic seaboard area, you can invite them to Camps Bay High School. That's on Friday and Sunday at 10 a.m. If they live on Malkbos side, they can go to the Malkbos location, 8.30 and 10 on Friday and Sunday. But but you can be generous rather than hold back and wonder and, and be fearful of getting a no. You'll be blown away at how many yeses you're going to receive and people being in the house. So please don't miss out on this opportunity. Are we going to make the most of the opportunity? Um, um, of course not. We aren't clearly like you know, it's like I'm like, come on, we're gonna do it. I was like, we're not gonna do it. Anyway, um, can can I encourage you? You're gonna make the most of it. Okay, so it's simple. A work colleague just in telling them about what time the service is. It might be your neighbour. It might just be an invite you give where you just have a sense we have a connection with uh, with somebody you meet at a shopping centre or, or wherever. Just just. Be generous, be out there, have a go and see what God does. Um, you know what I mean? Take a risk, even if you feel like it's risky, take a risk. I promise you, people are not going to be, there'll be, there'll be a few people, like maybe like a small amount of people will be offended by your generosity. I can't believe you're so generous and you invited me. I promise you, most people are going to go, thanks, you thought of me, thank you for that. So, so I encourage you, make the most of it, uh, step out in the season. And then remember, we're doing growth track on the week after Easter. It's the second Tuesday. Normally we do the first Tuesday. The main reason is because of the opportunity to connect people. So everyone who comes on the Easter weekend has a clear next step. And if you do bring a friend, the best way to help them take their next step is to do it with them. They don't do it alone. So you come to Growth Track with them. We've, growth Track's changed slightly. We've got, so, so even for you, if you've done it before, it will be fresh for you. Um, so I encourage you to make the most of those two things, Easter and then helping your friend take a next step. And even like Adi said, helping your friend get into a group, you know, connecting them to your group or to a leader. That's how we really are. We, we serve our friends. So, so Palm Sunday is a significant Sunday because we actually celebrate Jesus triumphantly 
entering Jerusalem. He, he's, he's going towards the cross. And, and, and if, you, if you look at Scripture, you see Jesus entering and people celebrating. Of course, His disciples uh, obey Him and go get this, this cult. Um, and if you study the Scripture, you actually see it's the mom and, and the baby and they go get this cult. Cause, cause it, um, and, and I'll read it for you, but, but they go get this donkey for Jesus. That Jesus says, go, go get it. They bring it. They put cloaks in the donkey and then Jesus enters the city triumphantly and, and the people put palm leaves and even um, they, they put, uh, you know what I mean, they generously even put their own things on the ground for Jesus to enter him and they're praising him. Um, they, they're hailing him as king. They say, they, they're calling him Hosanna. And, and we, we see Jesus, we, we're reminded on this day that Jesus is going towards the cross for us. We're reminded on this day of Jesus' uh, selfless love for us, His generosity, and, and that He laid down His life. And, and this Easter weekend coming, um, I encourage you not to miss out. Um, the team has been planning for, for a long time. And, and just the experience on Friday and Sunday, it's going to bless you and it's going to bless your friends and family that you're going to bring. Uh, but we today... Uh, I want to just remind you of lessons. Some of you might have maybe forgotten or you do know, or maybe you're going to hear for the first time that we can take uh, from this Palm Sunday, um, yeah, um, Palm Sunday message that we see in Scripture. Matthew 21 verse 1 says, As they approached Jerusalem, they came to Bethage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus then, of course, sent two disciples, saying to them, go to the village ahead of you, and at, um, at once you will find a donkey tied there with uh, her colt by her. You see the donkey and her colt. Um, Untie them and bring them to me. So there's two. A lot of people read that story, they see one donkey, but there's actually two donkeys involved. And the reason you'd see two donkeys is because if you were going to use a cult for the first time, the way you actually rode a cult for the first time is you brought its mom. Okay, so, so you brought the mom and it actually, because the cult for the first time at a crowd like that, most probably would have gone a bit crazy and there would have been fear. But the mom, Christ ability, and all the mom said, Amen. Anyway, so, um, so it says, bring them. Um, uh, this isn't even Mother's Day, and we, I just threw that in. Anyway, it's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> if anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and He will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Uh, says the daughter, say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. So we see actually that Jesus rides the colt. It's very interesting that the colt's smaller. And, and of course, the moms are bigger. And, and this picture that Jesus chooses the lowest seat. Um, that, that, come on, it, it could have looked foolish because um, if a king ever entered a city, he chose a horse. And normally they would choose the horse that would seat them the highest so that they would send the message that I'm in charge. And Jesus chose the lowest seat. And so he comes in on the cult and it actually fulfills the prophetic uh, vision. Um, and it goes and saying, verse 6, The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them. So we see them placing their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks as well on the road. So that we see them spread cloaks, their, their goods, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. 
the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. So today we celebrate this event. We celebrate that, that the disciples went and got the, the donkey um, and the colt and, and they put the cloaks on and, and the crowds came and they were shouting Hosanna. And Jesus enters and, and it's the first time he, he almost releases them to sh- declare that he's king. And, and for a lot of people in that space, their eyes would be opened to who Jesus is. Where, where he actually, because a lot of times Jesus w- was always walking away, but, but this moment was almost like everyone was shouting, um, he's the king. And, and we know he's the king. And, and, and just publicly, we, we see Jesus um, going towards the cross. You know, we see Jesus shushing people and don't tell them I did the miracle. But this one is a public. It's, he's totally de- declaring what the truth is. And, and it had been so interesting uh, because they would have known he's a famous prophet, but now people's eyes would be open. So today we, cel- uh, we celebrate Palm Sunday. And just a s- simple thing I want to remind you is that, that we can be superficial. Because the same people that shouted Hosanna were shouting crucify him later on. And, and the, a simple first lesson I want to give you is that you and I are like trees that are planted. The Bible says those who are planted flourish. You can have many reasons why you keep uprooting yourself and you can even justify them. But the blessing is on the planting. And, and this is what I don't, like people move and they presume. How do you move ahead of God? You just presume. You just go, well, I think God wants me there. What, what did God say anything? Well, I, I, didn't, I wasn't going to wait. And so then they move, and they move towns, and they move churches. And I've seen it this year. Uh, my, um, my father-in-law, who came to this church when it was 80 people, and he was a, pretty much the founding pastor, in a way, of you. And, and Graham stepped in for, for, for five-year season as, in the central role as a founding overseer. Graham's now stepped actually out of that role. And for, for a lot of you who don't know this, Graham's actually... Um, gone into retirement, but we asked him to stay on as our view group's pastor. So he stayed on team. But, but Graham, I look at him and his friends, and I look at people, even close to him, even his family, and they've, so many friends and family have moved around, and Graham and Jenny just planted themselves. And the blessing on their life is so much greater than all these people who made great, supposedly financial decisions, decisions based on hurt, and there's been so much loss because there's continuous uprooting. And I want to ask you, have you forgotten that you're a tree? And that there actually are knock-on effects to, to your moving? Even though you can justify it, it's not producing the fruit you really want. And here's the other side of it. You can't be a victim and a victor once you're in Christ. <laughs> and a lot of people, yeah, but this is why. Yeah, great. But is it really worth moving? Is it really worth uprooting yourself? I've got many reasons why I could have uprooted myself. But I had to realize I'm a tree that's planted. And those who are planted will flourish. I can't be fickle. 
I can't be superficial. I can't be like the crowd who shouts Hosanna the next day. We crucify him. I need to stay in it to win it. I want to leave a legacy and it's going to require a planting and a resilience no matter what. The hard part is if you do move a lot, you haven't realized it, but you're creating a culture of moving. And within the next few years or months, you're going to come to the conclusion you need to move again. And you need to decide to break that cycle if you're going to leave a legacy. So we can have hope. I know that's quite a, I just, I just had a sense I need to challenge some people, encourage some people hopefully to push through and to stay planted. But on Palm Sunday, there was a crowd who put cloaks down and palms down. And they were also in the same crowd that shouted crucify him. We need long obedience in the same direction if we're going to experience the peace and the blessing that God has for us already in this release. So, so we have hope because number one, just lessons we can take from this Palm Sunday, Jesus can save us now. Jesus can save us now. When they shouted, Hosanna, they were shouting, save us now. And there is a great salvation that comes into the lives of people who can trust God right now. Who can trust God not only with their sin, but they can trust God right now with what's stressing them out, with the disconnect they have that God can actually resolve it, um, the stress they have at work, what they're dealing with in their marriage for their children's future. People who can trust God can experience that He can save them right now. You know, I find that even when God um, is coming into the situations I'm laying at His feet, cast your cares upon the Lord because He cares for you, that He brings peace even before He brings the breakthrough. And it's like He can save me. He can stabilize me. If I can connect with Him even in a storm, the storm can rage, but the peace can come. And He can save me from being overwhelmed. He can save me from being rocked. And I can carry on living in hope. They were shouting, save us now. And they were a nation believing for God to rescue them as a nation. Remember, they had Roman rulers. And so when they saw Jesus coming, they thought he'd come on a horse because they thought he was going to take a political seat and he was going to save them now. Hosanna, save us now. Save us from the Romans. Save us from the tax collectors. Save us now. And Jesus can save you now. But of course, we, Jesus knows what's even bigger than what they were facing with the Romans. But I also want to encourage you, you can expect His breakthrough right now. You can expect His peace even in the storm. You can expect His direction out of the storm. He might take you through the storm, but with Him, you're going to get to the other side. He might strengthen you in it, or He might take you directly out of it and say to the storm, peace be still. But He can save you right now. Now, and even as they cried that out, you could cry that out for your marriage, for your children, for your finance, for your health. He can save you right now. He is, to, it says that today is the day of salvation. And I want to encourage you that not only can He save you right now from your sins, He can save you from those things that are worrying you. He can save you from the things that are stressing you out. And that is our Savior.
as soon as you get that, I believe you start to get that strength you need that to keep you rooted, to keep you moving forward. If you can understand that it's not about getting out of this, the boat that's in the storm, it's about asking Jesus to come into your boat. If you can get that, then you can carry on journeying. You, you don't get emotional. You say, okay, I just need him in the boat once and we carry on rowing. We carry on going. If you can see that he can save you right now, then you can get up and sow into your marriage again. Carry on sowing into your children because you go, Jesus is in my, my, my marriage. Jesus is in this parenting journey with me. Jesus is in my business. I'm going to go to work tomorrow and carry on being generous and being diligent because he can save me right now. If I get him in it, then if he's in it, then salvation has come into my business. Resurrection, life has come into my business. You must say, salvation, resurrection, uh, the breakthrough is a person. His name is Jesus. It's not about getting the breakthrough. It's about getting the person of Christ into your situation. He can save you right now. What I love is that, that the hope we have in that keeps us going in the way we should go. Hope is actually, it's been designed for the gap. Hope has been designed for the, the, the gap the, where, you, where you're going in through the storm and you're needing the breakthrough, but you haven't experienced it. That's, hope is best used in that space. Because hope, if you look at Romans 5, 3, it says we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that, we, um, that, that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength and character and characters, character um, strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope we, we, uh, will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us. You and I, the, the hope that God wants to give us uh, um, to endure and to, uh, to, to become secure in our salvation, um, it's actually for the gaps. Uh, and, and whenever you are in a waiting season, you can get distracted. You can, you can actually go, why isn't this happening? No, no, you just have to get hope into it. You need to get Jesus into it. Jesus, He's the hope of our salvation. He paid the price for us. And, and, and again, He can save you right now. You just need to get Jesus into your boat. You need to get some hope into your life and you can carry on going the right, uh, going the right way. Not trying to prematurely pull out of uh, uh, commitments, prematurely pull out of things that God wants to bless. Because God, He's placed you on purpose. Um, no, uh, he wants to give you life and life to the full. He wants to bless you there. Let's go, if I can just get to this place, God will bless me. No, God wants to bless you right here. And you're going to need some strength to stay in it. Well, how am I going to stay in it? You're going to stay in it as you have Jesus come to your boat. You need to stay in hope. You need to stay hopeful. You need to stay confident in Christ. Because if you can stay in it, you can grow. And you can produce fruit. Number two, stay grateful and hopeful because, um, so if we can stay grateful and hopeful because um, God can save us in, our most un, in the most unexpected way. Because Jesus can save us in the most unexpected way. And of course, Jesus comes in on a foul. He comes in on the, the cult, sorry. His mom's next to the, the, the him, the, 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 the older donkey, and, the, and he comes in on the, 
the smaller donkey. He's like he's got the lowest seat. And, and, it, and of course, Zechariah, um, Zechariah 9, verse 9 um, says, Rejoice, O people of Zion. Shout in triumph, O people of Jerusalem. Look, you, your king is coming to you. He's righteous and victorious, uh, yet he's humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. So the donkey's next to on the donkey's colt. He's choosing the lowest seat. And so today we're reminded that Jesus' reign and Jesus' way He gives you victory and Jesus' salvation and the way He goes about it, even as He maybe takes you through a storm or He places you in something you need to work on and sow into and grow in character in, His way trumps any way that man can make. You know what I'm saying? Man says, this is what victory looks like. This is what salvation looks like. This is what peace looks like. God's showing you, that's not it. Don't be fooled. Um, man makes a plan, but God decides the, uh, the path. Many are man's plans, but they, they lead to death. But God, of course, we know God's plan for us is life. So choose life. God's plan's different. And you might go, I don't want to ride a donkey. I remember seasons where I knew I was being obedient and I was doing, because at 18 I felt God say to me, a, season, a journey I needed to take. And I remember even having moments where people laughed at me, like, like it was like pointing, ha, is that what you're doing, bro? Because to, to do what I, I felt called to, I needed to do three extra jobs. And the one job was actually pretty much like riding a colt, you know what I mean? You're supposed to be riding a horse, you know? And I had people laugh at me, like two jobs. Like, like one was um, at a robot, six in the morning. One was in the evening, dressed up in this outfit. It was quite weird delivering food. But I needed to stay confident in what God had told me. Because if I got distracted by, by some people laughing at me, I had some guys go, oh, is this what you're doing now, Andre? <laughs> You thought that Jesus thing would work out. Because I remember some of them, when I gave my life to God or sort of been committed to God in my trick, coming to God, church, and they said, oh, you went through a phase. I ran into them at 22, 23, and they were laughing at me. And not that, you know, they wouldn't have known. And according to the world standards, they were right. It was a joke. And, and some of us will pull out of what God has for us because you have friends who've justified why you should pull out. <laughs> That's why you're pulling out. You're right. You should move. You should uproot yourself. You should find another place. Listen, you can't get distracted by, by, by man's plans. Because even pe- your friends and family who love you, who don't understand God's plans, will try to speak you out of it. You know, I used to always, always, always um, understand, like, I was, I was a youth pastor. I was waiting to, to be married, and it was taking a long time. <laughs> Got married at 30, you know what I mean? I always joke with other guys, you know, I can pray that anointing over your life. In ministry, you know what I mean? Like, you're 22, you're waiting, you're like, I'm going to be married at 26, 25. I'm going to be, that came and went. Then, then you ha- like, you'll have your mom who loves you and say, you know what, 
why don't you date that girl? You deserve a girlfriend. And my mom loved me, but I knew it wasn't God's plan. And sometimes you'll happily listen to people. And they'll justify it, but you know deep down it's not God's plan. You have a conviction that God's plans don't add up. And you guys know I say it. When you serve God, it does not add up. But boy, one day, it does multiply. And if you're looking for your salvation and the way God's going to save you through your storms to add up, you're fooling yourself. You must probably pull out of things you're supposed to stay committed to. And if we're going to stay hopeful, I believe we'll stay committed. Man wanted Jesus in that day to fight their battle against Rome, but Jesus was about to fight the battle against the enemy. They wanted him to to bring down the the rulers of Rome, but he was going to bring down the ruler of hell. And and they, they couldn't see it, but Jesus knew it. And he comes in on the cult in the lowest seat and he was going to die the worst death, but it would bring the greatest victory. God is going to save you in the most unexpected way. He's going to come through for your marriage. He's going to come for you for your children. You do not get distracted. You serve him. You put him first. Even when it's tough, even when your friends say you're stupid, you know God, how you, he wants you to serve him and you serve him. Craig Rochelle says this, the devil doesn't need to destroy you if he can distract you. It might be a fight to focus, but it's worth a fight. Are you losing focus? Because he's coming in an unexpected way. Don't lose the focus. Don't get distracted. He doesn't need to destroy you. He just needs to distract you. Don't let him win. And that same crowd, because some people I reckon weren't totally bored and they got caught up in the crowd. Hosanna, Hosanna. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like totally the crowd. And then, then later on that week, they're like, Hosanna, no, 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 crucify. Okay, crucify. Like, you know, they're just distracted, emotional. If you're going to live on the outskirts in the, in the crowd at such a distance, yeah, I get it. You're going, to be a, 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 you're going to be with the crowd on Facebook. You're going to be with the crowd on News 24. You're going to be with the crowd in the NCA. I get it. You're going to be with the CNN crowd occasionally or whatever. You mean, with Sky News, that's what you watch. But, but you're going to be there. If you live in the outskirts, you'll be with the crowd. Whatever they're chanting, you're going to chant. But if people, if you can stay in hope, You'll see him for who he is and you can stay in it. And the thing is, if you look at Israel's victories and salvation, the save me now moments in the Old Testament, the whole purpose, if you look at it, it's so that they get to a place of freedom and they stay grateful. They stay in an attitude of thank you, God. Why do I say it? It's God's will for you. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ. Of course, Christ is coming in on a donkey. He's about to die for them. And they were about to receive His forgiveness. And in them, the will for God, God's will for them in life was to stay 
grateful. Why? Gratitude causes you to lay off the burdens that you were never meant to carry. Gratitude allows you to have see that what you have right now is more than enough. Gratitude allows you to stay in the boat and keep rowing because Jesus says we're going to the other side, but this storm, no, no, I'm going to stay, keep my direction. I'm not going to get distracted. Gratitude allows you to stay declaring, Hosanna, save me, instead of getting with the crowd and shouting, uh, crucify him. Gratitude is the key to staying in the will of God. God's enthroned on the praises of his people. So if we can stay hopeful and stay focused on him and grateful, we can stay close to the one who saves us in the most unexpected ways. Because if you don't realize that he saves you in an unexpected way, if you can't, you need to get that. He saves in unexpected ways. So you know what it means? He's never early, he's never late. (laughs) There are going to be many seasons where it feels like the gap's way too big. But he's the unexpected savior. Stay close to him, stay grateful, keep your eyes open. Can I have a worship team up? Number three, Jesus chose to die for us. He was on his way to the cross. Of course, on Palm Sunday, we celebrate the goodness and the, um, the victory. That was, of course, symbolic of the final victory over death. Oh, death, where's your sting? Romans 5 verse 8, For God showed us his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And this picture is this crowd shouting Hosanna and the same crowd who shouts crucified and he died for them. This fickle crowd. And again, we see that if somebody's going to forgive, it's going to be him. Who's going to initiate relationship? It's always Jesus. You know, we can't even celebrate. We can't boast about our salvation because it says he draws us unto himself. He initiates it. He dies for us while we're sinners. He comes to us. Um, uh, we see him moving to the cross. He, he doesn't hold back. He makes the first move. And we're celebrating a Savior who first comes to us. He shows us love before we even can see him for who he is. You and I can stay hopeful because if you have run away from God, you are going to find that Jesus is a Savior who chases after the one. He leaves the 99. This is the God you're serving. He will initiate. He'll, he'll draw you. But if, if He knocks on the door of your heart, I encourage you to not, not sort of keep that door closed. Open it up. It's by the grace of God you're experiencing that knocking. If you have drifted and you, you even experiencing a sense of His love this morning, it's because He comes close to you. And of course, Scripture goes to say, if you come close to Him, He comes even closer to you. But, but we see that He's the God who initiates. I encourage you to live in that grace, to live in that freedom and that forgiveness and that peace that God gives you. How? Well, be somebody who also walks in peace. The one who also forgives first. Because there's a flow. We forgive as we forgive. We forgive and as we forgive. We, we receive forgiveness. We carry on. Let it carry on. Let it flow in your life. Don't live in bitterness and anger. It's a hope, hopeless season. Number four, Jesus is our humble Savior. The Prince of Peace. 
the donkey represented peace. If you were at war and you wanted to send a message of peace, you didn't come in a war horse, you came on a donkey. Donkey represent peace. He was, the, he was coming to bring peace. He wasn't holding our sins against us. He was declaring how much He loves us. So I want to encourage you in this season, as we celebrate Jesus, as we move towards Easter, to also be generous, just like Jesus was generous. Share the lamb. The lamb is best shared. Share your hope. Be generous in your invites. Celebrate Christ in the season. It's the best way to celebrate Him by being others focused, by being generous, by initiating relationship, by forgiving others. Don't be bound, don't be bound by man's way saying, you know, when they do it, then I will. No, no, no. Jesus said, I will die for them while they're still sinners. Well, let's be people who initiate relationship. Let's restore. Let's carry the message of the gospel. Let's be generous. Let's overflow. We've already received everything we need in Christ. Why would we not now be generous to others? It's not based on what they've done for us. It's based on what Christ has done for us. He's forgiven us. Can I pray for you guys? You want to close your eyes? If you're in this place, maybe you've drifted and you've even sensed God knocking the door of your heart. He's calling you to come back to Him. I'd love to lead you in a prayer. Maybe you've never opened up your heart to God. I'd love to lead you in a prayer. The Bible says those who call in the name of the Lord will be saved. If we confess that He is the Son of God, that we believe that God raised Him from the dead, we'll be saved. If you want to do that, you want to confess that He's the Son of God, you want to declare, call in His name to save you, to forgive you of your sins, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. If you say, count me in, why don't you give, just lift up your hand. Say, that's me, Andre, count me in. With every eye closed, I respect. That's you, just give me a wave. Say, Andre, I need to receive Jesus as my Saviour. Count me and I need to come back to God. Andre, I've drifted away from God. I know that God's calling me to Him. I'll count me and I'll, I want to receive His forgiveness. Anyone, just give me a wave if that's you and you know God's speaking to you this morning and, and you can't sort of walk away from today without actually responding. You say, I, I know this is the moment. I need to respond. Just give me a wave. Okay, let's pray together. Jesus, I call on your name. Please save me. I confess that you are the Son of God. I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead because of this confession and this belief the Bible says that I'm saved and I'm changed and I'll never be the same in Jesus name Amen come on just give God praise can we open the side door Let's see, if you prayed that prayer, maybe you didn't put your hand up, but you prayed that prayer and you'd like somebody to pray with you. We've got men and women counselors just through that door. If you need prayer, any prayer, you can also make your way there. Remember to grab this at our Next Steps area, the invitation card at the banner, the God Can banner. And why don't you take a photo at the God Can banner and just put, make it your profile pic in this Easter season um, and, and use it. Yeah, just to invite your world. If you see any posts on social media about Easter, you can share it, tag friends. However you want to invite people, make the most of the season. God bless you guys.